0: This morning I started my day by saying howl. Halal how without a bracha, but halal showing. That was what they do at the minion. I davened at, at our shul. So I thought we I, I thought we'd study a tshuva tonight on the topic of reciting halal on Yom HaAtzmoit. There are all kinds of discussions in the matter, but we will discuss. We will we will see tonight a tshuva on the topic by one of the greatest post our generation, the Yabia Omer of Ravavadi Yosef. Ravavadi Yosef is particularly well, particularly well suited for writing a tshuva on a topic like this. Since much of the discussion of saying hal and yom and similar questions is colored by... Hashgafa ideology. There, there, are the, there, are the vehement anti-Zionists who can't stomach the idea of saying halal on a day that's so so closely linked to Zionist ideology, Zionist theology, Zionist atheism. There are the vehement, there are the passionate Zionists who feel the need to say halal. How can they not say halal? It's such a great day. It's such a great, such a great Chesed from Hashem. Such a great thing for for for, for Am Yisrael, for Eretz Yisrael. Ravadi Yosef though is neither a fierce ideological anti-Zionist nor a fierce ideological Zionist. Ravadi Yosef has strong feelings of love for Eretz Yisrael, as all as all Jews do or should. He has strong feelings of love for Akash Baruch Hu and Torah, and he's a halachist. But at the, at the end of the day, his his discussion of the topic is largely is largely uh, is largely a halachic one. It's it's it's. It's large, it, it, It's largely based on. It, it, it's largely based on halacha, and as we'll see, it's it, 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 it's impossible to. It's, it's probably impossible to have a discussion like this purely based on halakha without any ideology creeping in. As we'll see, R- R- Ravavadya really is going to have a certain amount of ideology mixed into this. But uh, but nevertheless, Ravadia's discussion is about as close to. Uh, it's, it's close to from a neutral perspective. He's not coming from the whole. Ashkenazi Zionist anti-Zionist tradition. He's a Sfaridi, which is a whole different world, and as such, his discussion is uh, is kind of just open and uh, not not coming not, not not coming from a position full of ideological preconditions, precommitments, and therefore makes it. And of course, Ravadia's erudition is legendary, and his uh, thoroughness is uh, legendary. So his tshuva is a, a very interesting treatment of the topic. So. The Ravadiyah was asked straight up, I don't know if he was asked or he decided to volunteer his opinion. The question is In Yesh Lomar Halal Bebracha, Be Yom is it appropriate to say Halal with a Bracha on the 5th of year? fifth of Iyar? Shehukva, Chag Shal Yisrael, Yisrael. fifth of Iyar is the day that has been established as the holiday of independence, Chag of the state of Israel, Medinat Yisrael the Eretz Yisrael in the land of Israel, oh lo, or is it not appropriate? Now, we focus right away that when Ravadia, is asked the, when Ravadia poses the question, he says the question is going to involve halal v'bracha. We know there are all kinds of variations on halal. There's halal with a bracha, halal without a bracha, halal, full halal, halal part of halal, halal in the middle of davening in the normal place, halal at the end of davening, halal as a form of just reading psukim, Obviously, there are all kinds of uh, variations of Halal, but Ravavadiyya, as I said, Ravadia's discussion is halachic, and therefore his discussion focuses largely on the question of bracha, and virtually his entire discussion is going to concern the question of making a bracha on Halal, not on reciting Halal per se. We should also note, and as, as a backdrop to this whole discussion, Svardim in particular, Ravavadiyya in particular, Svardim in particular, Halacha in general, is very leery of making bracha lavatala. Anytime we have a rule, Suffolk brachas lahakel, anytime it's not totally clear that you should make a bracha, the halacha has a bias toward not making a bracha. Ravavadi in particular is very, very, uh, very much uh, worked with that rule that we can never make brachas if there's any doubt at all. And therefore, much of Ravavadi's logic is going to be, he's going to throw up all kinds of potential objections to saying hal with a bracha and see what sticks, and even if none of them are absolutely conclusive, but nevertheless, he says, as long as we, can create, as long as we create doubt, as long as, there's, as long as it's not a slam dunk to make a bracha, Ravavadya's overall position is going to be, as long as it's not absolutely clear that we should make a bracha, we don't make a bracha, we're not allowed to make a bracha, it's a question of bracha levatella. So Ravadya's chuva is just going to be, as many of his chuvas are, but particularly in the context of bracha levatella, he's going to raise one issue, one, one potential objection after another, against saying halal with a bracha, and therefore he's going to conclude that we should not recite halal with a bracha. He's going to be okay with reciting the psukim without a bracha, but he's going to say, because we can raise so many potential objections to reciting halal with a bracha, therefore we should not do so, therefore it's not the right thing to do, and it definitely should not be done. That is going to be his position. I took away the suspense. But the uh, spoiler, but that, that's going to be Rivavati's analysis. I'm just going to pull up the actual SAFER. The the, the handout I sent out has uh, some key parts to the chuva, The Tshuva itself is a little bit longer. I just want to bring the SAFER in front of me to read from. Can anybody send me a PDF of the, of the um, reading? It disappeared from my chat. I'll, I'll send it again. Yes, thank you. Um, let me just send that out again. Thank you very much. Okay, I sent it again. Hopefully you will find it. Yes, thank you. Great. So, Ravadia begins with a Gemarim Psachim that it says that Halal Zemi Amro, who, who instituted the, the idea of saying Halal, the, the the Gemara goes through different types of praises and things that we find in Tanakh. Who instituted them? So Hallel, the Hallel that we say, the what we call Hallel. Who instituted that? So the Gemara says, Neviim tichnulahem Yisrael. The prophets established the, the the law of saying halal, Sheyomer most I'll call Perik that the Jews should say it at appropriate times. V'cheinach called Tsarish lo Tavo Whenever it's tzara that we hope never happens. Whenever the Jews are in crisis, they're they're they're, they're in distress in extremis, and when Hashem redeems them, when they are saved from the Torah, they should recite Hallel on their Geula. Rashi says right away, what's an example of that? What would be an example of an occasion to recite Hallel for Geula? The the holiday of Hanukkah. What happened? The Jews were oppressed by Yavan, they were in dire straits, politically, religiously, spiritually, and Hashem redeemed them, uh, we recite Dal-Nissim, the Dalenissim, and Valagvuros, Valachuos, and that's why we say Halal, because Hashem redeemed us, uh, because we had a, a geula from a Tsar. So, Ravadia begins by bringing a number of Rishonim who say, that, who, who use language that, when do we recite Halal? Only when it is the entire Kalal Yisrael is saved. When the entire Kalal Yisrael is saved from, is, is saved from the... Is, is, is saved from, from some kind of tzara. He says that dafka ba'al Then we say halal for the gula, He says when the when a nase affects only a portion of kol yisrael, then there is no hallel. He brings this. He proceeds to bring this from a number of different Rishonim, He spends time making this diuk, and therefore he argues this is the first argument. That's why we should not recite hallel on. Yom HaTz-Mot, he says the War of Independence. The, he says even though it was a great nace for those living in Israel, they were say the the nace. The in, in other words, when we talk about Yom HaAtzmaut, we can talk about the the political establishment of the state of Israel. That that the Jews of the time established it. That the governments of the world tolerated it. That they gave us the they withdrew and they gave us the ability to declare a state. And we can refer to the. The success of the War of Independence—that that we were not wiped off the map, we we survived, we 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 achieved a a ceasefire with uh, with our enemies, avadia that was indeed a great nace, he says. But the that wasn't that was indeed a great nace, he says. We were attacked by we were attacked by all kinds of armies. Nevertheless, he says, it was a nace that was specific to the it was specific to the Jews of Eretz Yisrael. It, 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 it affected the Jews of that time of that place, it was not something that affected the whole nation of Israel and therefore he says that, the, that that's his first argument for not saying hell with a bracha. Now there are certain problems with this, the obvious problem is Hanukkah, the, the very example of Hanukkah Hanukkah was a nace for the Jews in Israel, that was not most of the Jewish people, at the time of Ezra only some 40,000 Jews returned to Eretz Israel, a small minority of the Jewish people that's why Yovel was not uh, practiced in Bayasheni. it wasn't Kol Yoshev so if it's really true if it's really true that that you can only say hallel on the if it's really true that you can only say halel on, on on an occasion where all or most of of, of world Jewry was was saved from its tzara so how do we explain Hallel? so he says that the so so he, so he says that the he says that the so he so he, he deals with Hanukkah. He says Kasha. I don't have this in the handout, but he says i uh, on Hanukkah. He says that Hanukkah was only the Jews in Israel, and how do we deal with that? So he says Akhronim asked this question. He says earlier Akhronim asked this question already. Then why why do we celebrate Hanukkah if it's uh, if it if it, if you need a nace that happened to all of Israel? So they say that since the attempt of the enemies was to destroy the base of Mikdash. That was something that was key to the, the that was the fate of all of Chal Yisrael, the, all, all Jews looked to the Beit HaMikdash. I'm not sure, I, I, certainly they desecrated the Beit HaMikdash, certainly they were affecting the temple service, but okay. But, uh, but the, the basic idea is, he brings from Akronim, that insofar as the Yavanim were perpetrating an attack on the Beit HaMikdash itself, which, is the, which was something that was precious and, and dear to the entire nation of Israel, Therefore, the nace of Hanukkah, even though the, the physical safety of, all, of the Jews, the, the, the direct physical and spiritual attacks on Jewish people only affected a minority of the Jewish people, but since it was also an attack on the Beis HaMikdash, that constitutes something which is relevant to all of Israel, and therefore Hanukkah as well is considered a nace that affects all of Kalal Yisrael. Okay, he discusses that, he goes on, he goes on, he goes on for a while about that, there is a Rashi who seems to say that Hanukkah affected all of Israel, but that's just not true, he says. It, we, we, we just know that that's not, uh, that's not really the case, and so on and so forth. So he says that the Icar is, because at that time there was the beis Mikdash, and that was the provided light for all of Israel. So that, that was considered a nace, a nace that, that, that was relevant to all of Israel. The, the redemption, of the, the, the redemption of, the, of the Temple was something that was crucial to all of Israel, even those who were not in Eretz Yisrael, therefore that was called a nace of all of Chal Yisrael, as opposed to the the war of 1948. At the end of those it's not in the handout, but at the end of those in the Tshuva, he writes, Meata, he says, v'hanisim Since the miracles that befell us in the war of independence, Hashem saved us from our enemies, very poetic, or is full of melitza, as always, he says, Hashem saved us from our, our foes and our enemies who tried to annihilate us, Hashem heifer atzassam. he foiled their plans, ki leinu chasto, because his great kindness extends to us forever, shlo, it's all very true, he says, however, ki ven shlo yisrael, since that neis did not affect all of Chal Yisrael, maybe, he says, you could say halal, but not with a bracha. Miri says such a thing that any time the nace doesn't affect all of Israel, you can say hal. You can say hal, but not with a bracha. That's his first idea. The war of independence, as great as it was, it affected the Jews in Israel, the state of Israel, the Jews of Israel, not the world Jewry, and therefore that uh, and, and therefore that that does not that does not mandate hal with a bracha. Now the basic idea again, as I said, he brings this from Rishonim, but the truth is the basic idea. The halacha that in, in in an applied context, that we don't say halal on a nase that doesn't affect all of Israel, that comes from a tshuva in the chidah. Uh, throughout his tshuva, he keeps referring to this tshuva of the chidah. The chidah was one of the great Tzvaradik post from two and a half centuries ago. The chidah in his tshuva of Sanchayim Shal, he was asked by a certain city that the Jews in that city had a nase and they were saved from some tzara. Should they say halal? So he says that the that the, the Chida d- develops this idea as well. The Chida says that a local nace does not require halal, only a, a national nace, and an entire, o- only, only an entire body of the Jewish people, a local nace does not require halal, and therefore that is the first of Ravavadiyah's ideas, that, the, that, that we're not going to say halal with a bracha, because based on Rishonim, based on the Chida, we don't say halal for a local nace, and again, Israel is not just local, Israel is a major, country, a major, a major component of world Jewry, it was in 1948, it certainly is today, but ne- but nevertheless, Saravadya says, it's not all of Israel, it's only one portion of Israel, and therefore there is no, and, 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 there, and therefore there is no bracha on such a hell. Others challenge this, others argue that the, others argue that the, no, that the state, state of Israel, Rabbi Ezra Malamed, for example, and an ardent Zionist, uh, classical Zionist, he argues that, no, that the, Establishment of the state of the state is considered a, a salvation for all of Klal Yisrael. To have a state is, is crucial for is, is, is wonderful for all of Israel. He says, and therefore it is considered a nace that happened to a nace that happened to all of Israel. Furthermore, he says the, the residents of Eretz Yisrael are considered Klal Yisrael. He says, even though there are many Jews who are not in Eretz Yisrael, but Klal Yisrael is considered those Jews who uh, who live in Eretz Yisrael. Again, that, that's what I meant by some of these arguments have a kind of Zionistic slant. But, the, okay, some argue that, uh, even according to the Shita, that you need a ace for all of Klal Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, the, the, the state of Israel, the, the, the success and the salvation of the state of Israel and the population of Israel, qualifies as a ace of all, for all of Klal Yisrael. But Rav Avadya did not think so. Rav Avadya argues that Eretz Yisrael, as wonderful as it is, is only a part of Klal Yisrael, and therefore it doesn't qualify as a ace that affects all of Klal Yisrael. Then Ravadi goes on, reason number two, and this is Ozdalar and the Chuva, we have this in the handout. He says that even though we are, we are very, very greatly thankful to Akraj Barhu for the for the Nisim of the War of Independence, that that the Jewish population of Israel survived, that the Arabs were 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 eventually forced to sue for peace, even though that is a tremendous Chesed and and, and Gul of Akraj Baruchu, and we can even call it an ace, he says. Nevertheless, he says there is an idea that we only recite howl on a nace which is considered a overt and supernatural nace, not a nace which is considered Baderachateva. Ravavadya writes Hagam Shizahinu Bezrashemis Barakinostalad Ligbar al Ivainu to be victorious to vanquish our enemies, Ivanu Visaneinu, Shayu Rabam Vatsumim, who were mighty and multitudinous, Mutsuyandabeta Faneshik Vatahmoshet. And they were armed with uh, the best the best weapons and ammunition. Despite it all, despite their awesome military power, they keeled over and fell. Nevertheless, we don't recite howl on such a nace. Why? He the great, uh, great uh, German achron of the of the nineteenth century. In, in his Chedushim, and Masach and in his other writings, he says he. He deals with a famous question the gemara the gemara in shabbos that's in parik par- 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 by Mehmet Likin, the the parik we recite on friday night the gemara there asks my hanukkah we recite the mishnah the, the gemara there asks in the in the gemara my hanukkah what is hanukkah the, there's no discussion in the mission about hanukkah what exactly is hanukkah so and rashi explains the Gemara's question is what happened what was the nace what nace does hanukah commemorate when they established Chanukah, what, what holiday, what, what great event, what great miracle were they commemorating? So the Gemara says that when the, that the, that the Yavanim, the Greeks, when they were in charge, they defiled all the oil. And then when the Jews beat them and they took back the temple, they wanted to light the menorah, but all the oil had been defiled and they only found one jar of oil that was sealed with the seal of the Kohen Gadol. It was only enough to light the menorah for one night and they lit it for eight nights instead. It, it burned for eight nights. And that was, that was the miracle. That's my Hanukkah. My Hanukkah, they established Hanukkah because of the great miracle of the oil. So, Maritz asks a famous question. He says, my Hanukkah, what nace was it? How about the fact that the, a small ragtag band of amateur Jews was able to defeat the mighty uh, Syrian Greek Empire, trained soldiers, uh, isn't that a great nace? Isn't that something that's for that, that we should establish Hanukkah for? That, that was something certainly more momentous and more impactful than just having a, uh, would seem to be more momentous and impactful than just having a, a menorah that burned eight days instead of one. They were able to throw out the Yavanim, not, not, not just for political reasons, they were able to worship the, the Yavanim were trying to be okir the Torah. They, they chased out the Yavanim and they were able to, 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 to have Jewish sovereignty and keep the Torah properly. Isn't that a great nais? So the Mar- famous question, Maritz Chayis asked this question, why don't we say the nais and Yitzchakon? al we say that. Alanisim, Alanisim, what do we say? Alanisim Balakvuros. And we say that the nace the was Rabin biat Maatim, Rashan Khalashim. That was a great nace. Nis. Alanisim. Why, 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 don't, why don't we say they established Hanukkah for that nace? They established Hal for that nas. Elohatam, the Maratskaya says, that nace, even though it, it even though it, yes, it is called a nace on the one hand, it, it's not a nace that is Yoti Migeder Shalateva. That's not what we call a supernatural nace. There are miracles, and then there are miraculous miracles. An ordinary miracle, we can call it a miracle. You know, you can, we we use miracle in a in a general colloquial sense. That doesn't mean we believe it was literally a, a supernatural event. We mean that it's something unexpected and wonderful. That's the kind of nace that the war was. Guerrillas sometimes win. He says it's the. It's possible for a small band of. Uh, possible for a small band of, of, of guerrilla fighters to defeat a great army. The nace of the Pach Shemen, that was completely supernatural. There is simply no way not on, not on the best and most uh, fortuitous day does a jar of oil burn for eight days. And that's why the, the nace of Hanukkah, the Hall of Ahodah, was established for the Pach Shemen, the miracle of the oil, not the military victory. Now, there's a lot of debate, a great deal of discussion about this, but this is what the Maretz says. Therefore, Therefore, Rav says, "This applies to us as well. Even though sheafshes zechinu Hashem yisbarach, even though we merited with the great tcheshvut of Hashem l'natzech esayvenu harabim va'atzumim to defeat our our our, our uh, multiple and uh, mighty enemies, he says, our multitudinous and mighty and mighty enemies kivun shlayatzidemigeder ateva, since that is not completely supernatural." That happens sometimes, he says. It's uh, that that, that, that we, we can have such a thing as uh, as 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 a, as a as a great army that falls in battle to a uh, that falls in, that that falls in battle to a uh, to, to an inferior army. He says. Nevertheless, he says that, that, that that's not a ace nigla, and therefore he says there is no basis to say halal with a bracha at least on a, on, on every year for such a nace. In the course of the discussion, he asks an obvious question: What about Purim? Purim, we don't actually say halal in the sense of the we don't actually uh, we don't actually say say um, with that 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 we that, that we don't actually say halal on Purim. But they want to ask the question: Why don't we say halal on Purim? I think Mari gives other answers, either because we're still it wasn't a complete Gula, or because the Megillah is considered halal. But Purim, the Gemara, holds up as an example of an ace that, uh, that, uh, that wouldn't eat howl. So, so he says, yeah, but nevertheless, Purim, he struggles. That This is a, maybe not so persuasive, but he argues that Purim was considered shloka derech the idea that a man would, would allow 80, almost 80,000 of his citizens to be killed because of one woman, Esther, who asked him to do that and because the, the enemies of the Jews couldn't even lift a finger to fight back, and not a single Jew died. He says the extent of that, he says, that was considered shaloka derichateva. Again, I'm not sure why, if we're going to argue that a few guerrillas defeating an empire is derechateva, because sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes these kind, of, these kind of things happen as well. But he says, okay. He says, the uh, him. he discusses, but I'll call upon him, he says, with regard to Hanukkah, with regard to Hanukkah, he says, the, the nace of the, the battle... It was a nace in a certain sense. He says, yes, it, it was a nace in the sense that we would call it a nace. al the, the battle was a nace. That's not considered a nace that was miraculous. That was chutzmi derechateva, And therefore, the same thing with regard to Yom with regard to the War of Independence, he says. The nace was derechateva. He says it was derechateva in the sense that both sides lost soldiers. Men fell on both sides. Unfortunately, Jewish soldiers died as well. People died on both sides. Even though he says at the end of the day, praise to God, the Israel, the Jews won. He says, that's not something which is considered uh, outside of Derekateva. And therefore he says that the that the nace of the of the war of independence, the military victory. Even though in a certain sense we can call it a nace, like an Alanisim kind of nace, he says, but a nace that would require halal with a bracha, that is not something that we would do, he says. It's not that kind of a nace. And therefore he says that the that that's another reason for not reciting halal with a that's another that's another reason for not reciting halal with a bracha. He moves on, Rav Avadia, and he knows hey, he discusses a third reason. Third reason not to say halal. And here is where he gets, in this part of the tshuva, he does indeed get explicitly ideological. He says, let's discuss the theological significance of, of Hanukkah, he says, of, of, uh, of Yom HaTzmot of the War of Independence. He says, hey, nam, nam. it is true, he says. And Ravadia is, is kind of impartial here. He's, uh, he's you know, moderate and, uh, and um, nuanced. He says, hey, nam, nam. it is true. The Rabbim Vatzum Gidoli Yisrael, many great Gidoli Yisrael, Roim, Ba'kamasa Medina, Ashhalta de Gula. Many did see the establishment of the state as the beginning of the Gula. Ashhalta de Gula is, 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 uh, is an ancient term from Chazal that, that, that it means the, the beginning of the, Mark Megillah uses the term, the, the beginning of the redemption. So it leaves a lot to be desired. There's a lot more redemption that we need. But the worry says, Rabbim Vatzum Gidoli Yisrael, people of Avadya, revered as many and great Gidoli Yisrael, did see the establishment of the state as de Gula. He cites Rav Menachem Kasher's HaTkufa HaGidola. He brought a proclamation called Das Torah, Shechassum Malav Kol Gidoli Adar, virtually all the Gidoli Adar. And they signed on this document, and they called the Hakamat Medinat Yisrael, B'Shem Hashchal Gula. So there, there was a very strong consensus, and many Gidoli Yisrael felt... That the establishment of the state qualified as ashalt de Gula. However, he says, "We're not quite there yet." Hol Dain Rava still a long way to go, to get to the, the real end times, the, the ideal Messianic state, still have a long way to go. From a number of perspectives, he says, Medinit both from a political and military perspective, and both from an ethical and spiritual perspective as he's going to explain. Therefore he says that that's a third reason not to say hal with a bracha. He brings a he brings the he brings the Ushalmi. The Ushalmi says, he's supposed to say Halal when Hashem makes a nace. The Yushalmi asks, okay, so what about Mitzrayim? When, when, we do say Halal on Pesach, but he but he says when when the Jews, the the Carbonator explains, when the Jews left Egypt, they did not say Halal only after they only after the splitting of the sea. Why don't they say hal on Pesach morning as soon as they left Egypt, as they were eating the car on Pesach? They, 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 they should have said howl or after they left Egypt the next morning. Why don't they say hal right then? So the Yushalmi says, Shanyahi Shahit Gulasin. There was only the beginning. The Gula wasn't finished until they crossed the Yam. Here as well, he says, Vaf Khan, Higates vote, Arab, the leaders of the Arab armies, despite their repeated uh, disappointments and failures, Lamrot, Hatzvusot, Vamapaloch, and Achalu, Still, he says, they're still saber-rattling. Baharev, They're still blustering morning and evening about going out to war against us. And they're waving their swords and their arrows, their, their military parades and so on. They, uh, we keep asking for peace. shalom They keep uh, belligerent language, they keep using. And furthermore, not just the Arabs are, are constantly rumbling about war, he says. Many enlightened countries, civilized countries, Israel, They were considered friendly to Israel. Now, I guess he means like the U.S. and Britain in some context, France. They've turned their back on us, he says. The various wars they have not come to our aid the way we might have expected. The war of the war of independence, the war of the establishment of the state. The Sari War, the Six Day War. Milhemat Ha Tashar, the War of Attrition, the the Akron against Egypt, the Akron Hikbed Milhemeth Yamakipurim, the Yom Kippur War, the the, most, the, the gravest and most uh, and one of the most uh, acute threats to the state, Lo Laftiv, Loshakatati, we haven't had peace and we haven't had uh, allies and so on, and we're still looking for the true redemption, Turgis Suri Vigo and we rely on Hashem, Lule Hashem, etc., etc. Therefore, he says, even though it's great, the War of Independence, it's great that we got a ceasefire, it's great that the Arabs withdrew, it's great that we have political sovereignty and all that, but we're still surrounded by the 70 wolves, and we're still fighting wars all the time, and we still uh, don't have reliable friends, and we still have the Arabs rumbling all the time. We've been in a number of wars since then, uh, with with Gaza and so on, and Syria. We've been in all kinds of wars. So, so therefore, Havadia says, this is not enough gula for us to say, for us to, for us to say, how? Okay. One perspective. And also he says that's from the military and political perspective. What about from the religious and spiritual perspective? He says, We've, we've gone a thousand steps backwards. We are witness to uh, to an to an amazing backsliding, spiritual backsliding, ethical backsliding. Matiranut uh, goveret uh, the excess and uh, excess consumption is increasing, and uh, Hefkerus, throwing off the yoke is uh, all over the streets. Chosher uh, Snius, the lack of modesty, big day pretsus Sipre Pornographia, sarte kol mavishim embarrassing movies, chilulay Shabbat before Public Sabbath desecration, the opening of markets selling treif meat in uh, incredible, incredibly disappointing quantities. To the extent that hundreds of thousands of Jews, he says, are being mischanchem, the most chinuch lo in irreligious schools. Again, the glass is half full. The glass is half empty. You can look at Israel and quote all kinds of statistics about the flourishing of religion, how, how many people are learning in yeshivas, he's going to get to that as well, he's not, he's not denying that but he's saying that there, is, there, is a half, there is a glass half full, there is a glass half empty you know, on the one hand all the victories we had in the wars is, is an incredible chesed from Hashem he'll be the first to admit, on the other hand it's, uh, it's far from a glass half full and similarly with regard to the ethical, spiritual, religious nature of the, of the populace he says there is a great deal that should cause us pain a great deal that is not the way it should be in chinuch, in observance of mitzvahs and Jewish values, he says, and he says that they go to schools that are not religious, they learn to, they, they're alienated from all the holy values of Israel, turn away from everything Jewish, Leos, Kichalagayim, Beis Yisrael, etc., etc., train them in chutzpah and so on. He says, Misibos uh, he says, and because of these reasons, he says, Harbe Mishlome Amuni Yisrael, many good Jews, he says, many faithful Jews. Shadai and Shinta Begalusa, they see that unfortunately even in Israel, even where Jews Baruch Hashem are in control in Israel, nevertheless the shchina is still in Gullus, the, the true revelation of God is still in Gullus. Therefore, Noagim lomar Hal bechal Byomatsmut, they won't say hal at all. Not just with a bracha, they won't say hal at all, even without a bracha, he says. because Larovia Gonam, their great anguish, their great pain and suffering. On the spiritual uh, the spiritual uh, imperfections. It's not like Hanukkah, he says. Hanukkah, even if the, not everyone was a tzaddik, but Hanukkah, everyone saw that the, the religious were victorious and they had a flourishing of religion. Unfortunately, it's not quite the same thing today, he says. Back then, everything was better than Hanukkah. Everyone was over Hashem. Today, unfortunately, it's not like that, he says that's what Rav Adi Hadaya said in Yaskil Avdi, that uh, we were still surrounded by enemies, and we still, etc., etc. It's not, it's not, it's only Aschal to the Gula. It is Aschal of the Gula, but it's only askalta de the Gula. And therefore, we cannot say Hallel, even without a bracha, Rav Adi Hadaya says. You shouldn't say halal Kwa hal in the form of halal. You want to say Ptokim, he says, say them as Mari hal after davening, not in a halal format, certainly without a bracha. That you can do. That's what Rav, that's what Rav Adi Hadaya said. Now, Ravadi, Ravadi Yosef now turns around and says, but to be fair, the glass is half full as well. We, we, we wouldn't want to end on such a sour note that everything in Israel is so bad. Not everything in Israel is so bad. Lots of things in Israel are wonderful, he says. I will not deny, he says. With all these clouds, with all, these, uh, with all this darkness, orim there is great light as well. There's great, uh, there, there's great good going on as well. Which we cannot avoid, we should not overlook, he says. Medinat Yisrael, the state of Israel, Kayom, says. Merkaz HaTorah Ba'olam Kulam. It is the center of world Torah. Revavos Bachur Tens of thousands of yeshiva students, he says. Mituve B'Neinu, of the best of our youth. Hayakarim, Oskim B'Torah, Yom Velayla. In the holy yeshivas, he says. And Ein Torah, Ketarat Eret Yisrael. There's no Torah like the Torah of Israel, he says. And he says. Tens of thousands raised their children, their sons and daughters before he is focusing on the bad. All those who are not, there are also tens of thousands who are, he says. And the, the promise of Hashem, Hashem promised the Torah will never be forgotten. Even Ezal Hamonam, he says, even those who are not uh, learned and observant, he says, we find Ozen Kashevat, the listening ear. Shokeko, Kameha, people do want to learn, people are interested in learning more about Torah and Armasaura, Lushmoa Torah, Vadath, Pigadoli, Yisrael, Like Amos said, the famous prophecy of Amos, Vishlachti Rav, Aretz, Low Lalechem, there'll be a famine in the in the in the future, not a famine for bread, for not a thirst for water, Kiyam, Hashem. There's a tremendous thirst for uh, for, for Torah, for for Mesorah. And may Hashem increase it, he says. But nevertheless, he says, at the, at the end of the day, the glass is half full. Half empty, half full. The glass is only half full, he says. It's only a beginning of a, of a true geula, of a true flourishing of Torah, and Am Yisrael, and Klal Yisrael, and Eretz Yisrael, he says. And therefore, it's only Hatzchol Tova, It's only a, a, a good beginning, but there's a lot more to go. Therefore, he says, once again, he, he ends where he began. There's no chiev to tell with the bracha. Once it's no chiev, you should not do it. Okay, he goes on in this vein, and he says that you should not say Hallel, because the, the success, the, the good, the good is, um, is mixed, The good is there is a great deal of good, but there's also a great deal of less than good, of things that uh, are in need of a great deal of improvement, and therefore he says, that is not considered a gula shlema, that's not something, not from a military political perspective, not from a spiritual, ethical, religious perspective, that's not an unambiguous and comprehensive enough to warrant the saying of Hallel with a bracha. So that's reason number three. So we have three reasons so far. We have the first reason that the success in the War of Independence, as great as it was, was local, it was, it was regional, it was for the state, of it was for the Jews in Israel, it was not for Israel as a whole, in the United States, and France, and anywhere else. Second, he said that it was a nace that was b'der it was a miracle, as we say, but it was one that didn't involve the overt uh, the overt uh, um, overriding of the laws of nature and three, it was, a, it was a great geula but not a geula shlema it's still in process it's a, good, it's, it's, it's a good start he says but we're not there yet there's still a great deal to go in, in military political and ethical spiritual religious development and therefore not ground for Sehal with a bracha then he brings a fourth reason in Osvav of the Tshuva he brings a fourth reason and this is a an interesting and provocative reason. I, I gave a share on this topic a while back, a couple of years ago, I think. He brings an idea from various Midrashim, Rishonim, and Midrashim, that the reason we don't say Hal Shalem on the rest of Pesach is only the first only the first days, is because primarily we don't say Hallel on the last day of Pesach. Why not? Because that was the day of Kriyas Yamsuf, where the Jews drowned, and it says Benefoloi Vachal Tismach. When enemy, when our enemies die, when our enemies have their downfall, it had to be done. We're happy that it was done, it's a Yom Tov. But we don't say howl. We we, we we don't we don't express joy and praise when people die. Even rishon, even our enemies. A number of different versions of this midrash. He says, well, in the War of Independence, lots of people died. Lots of Jews died. Lots of non-Jews died, he says. That's not something we can celebrate with uh, with, with a howl like this, he says. That's, uh, that, that's not something we celebrate with hallow. What about uh, Hanukkah? Again, that's for the oil, not not for the war. The oil we celebrate. We don't celebrate a war because lots of people die in a war. This is a problematic thing. There, there, are, there are various, he, bring, he himself brings, there are various contradictions in Chazal themselves about this. At the end of the day, we do say halal for the shiur Sayam. At, at the end of the day, the Jews in the, in the desert, the b'ashem of Moshe Avdo, right after Kriya of z'v'oziyashir Moshe, Shira Sayyam, one of the most famous songs of praise in the Torah. So clearly we do say Hallel because of the when, when enemies die. The, the entire Jewish, the entire Egyptian nation was drowned in the sea. We have a whole song about it. Suspherochvo, Ramav Ayam, uh Markfas Paravakhelo, and over and over we talk about all the matrim drowning in the sea. So obviously we do see Shira, uh, to, to some to, in, in some context for the downfall of her enemies. So Rabadi goes back and forth on this. He says that the... He says... He, he himself asks... He brings, he brings various versions of this question that the, the Gemara itself says, when the fall of Tismach is only when uh, when Jewish enemies die, but when non-Jewish enemies die, we do have joy. He goes back and forth on this, and he says that the... He see, he goes back and forth, and he says, "Okay, maybe, maybe we should say shira." Maybe the fact that lots of Gentile Arabs died, is not a reason not to say shira. He says, but still, he says, thousands of Jews died. He says, thousands of Jews died. In the in the in the armies of the Jews, okay. So he says that the. Maybe, maybe that itself is a reason not to say halal, the fact that there was a war in which many people died. Ultimately, we can celebrate a war in which people on both sides died, even Jewish people died. Okay, so he goes on and he says that the. He goes back and forth on this. He says, maybe we can say, since the joy is marred and is commingled with. Uh, with sadness, for, so, so today we, we we break it up into two consecutive days. We have Yom Hazikaron, where we first remember all the soldier all the soldiers who died, and then we have a much bigger deal. We have Yom HaTzimut. We have the celebration for the good side of it. Ravati says it doesn't work like that. It may, halacha may not work like that. Halakha may may take the position. I doesn't say you can't have a celebration, but Halacha says we don't we, we don't establish the the formal reciting of hal with a bracha. We don't do that on a day where so many on on, on, on to commemorate an event a war. In which so many thousands of Jews died, he says, and therefore he goes on about about that as well. He says, and again, it's a shalat brachel a very serious issue. All all these far as he says, you can take the, uh, none of these might be slam dunks, but all these, as as we explained in the beginning, all these are at least possible objections to saying hal with a bracha, and therefore he concludes mikolhani tami because of all these uh, powerful arguments nireh shemavarech al hal b'chag one who makes the bracha, one who says, one who, one who makes the bracha and hal on Yom Ha'atz Mot, Hare Mavarech, Bracha Shenetricha, that's called Bracha Levatala. V'asr is Amenach, Achor of Amen. You shouldn't even say Amen to such a bracha, he says. And even though there were, he concedes, there were Achronid Dareanu, there were some Gedolim, he says, who felt you should say hal with a bracha. He brings from the Kol of or Misholim Roth, and he brings from the Sefer, Nezer Matai, and others, he says, the word, the word, indeed, some acronym we said you should make a bracha, but the ikar he fails is that it's, it's a suffix, You shouldn't make a bracha. You shouldn't even say amen to such a bracha. He says he fails that the, 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 the grounds are, are doubtful enough that you should not make a uh, that you should not make uh, you, should not, you should not recite the bracha. You should not say amen to, to a bracha to a and hal. Then he brings from the Chazanish of all people. Chazanish was, was probably not a big fan of Yom HaAtzmut. But the Chazanish discusses something else. The Chazanish discusses the the Yom HaShoah, which we've discussed in the past as well. The Chazanish has a letter, he says, in which he says that the Halacha is established by the Torah. Nevi'im can't introduce new things to the Torah. We can't take away things from the Torah. That's a perversion. Just like taking away a mitzvah like the Reform Movement did, they they, they jettisoned and abandoned certain mitzvahs. We all understand that's a perversion of the Torah. You you can't just abandon Shabbos or abandon Kashrus or abandoned mitzvahs that are not convenient, so too the Chazanesh says that not just taking away is a, is a perversion, adding is a perversion as well. The Torah says, Lo sosifun v'lo So he says, adding as well is a perversion, therefore he says, ha ta'a the proposal, Likvoa, to, L'Kayim V'Ligzar, to establish a fast day on Yom HaShoah, of Yom HaShoah, is, is, uh, is, is, a, is, is an affront to the Messorah and to the foundations of Halacha, and it should not be discussed. Again, it's a little hard to understand the Chazanisha's objection. As we discussed previously, there were, for generations and generations, Posthum have discussed adding days, both of Avelos and of celebration. We find, going back, we discussed the Tshuva, the Maram al-Ashkar, 500 years ago, but adding local Purim's, local days of holiday to celebrate days of, uh, of, of great Nisim, miracles that happened to communities. We had days that were established for Avelos. Chav Sivan, twice, two, maybe three times was established as a day of Avelis. There certainly were days that were established. Okay, the, I'm not sure, we, again, the Chazanish is writing a letter, not, not a formal tshuva. Chazanish felt that at least in our day, he says, just adding on, making up new days of uh, adding to the Torah, making a new day, a new fast day, for Yom HaShoah was not appropriate, he said. So says Reva Avadia, the Alachas of Akama, for us on our own to make a new day to say how old, he says, that's just too presumptuous. Again, he goes back to Brachel of and he says again, it's, it's just too bold a step to establish a new halacha. We don't really have that much authority. We don't have that much uh, weight and gravitas to go to go around doing things like that. Then he says he heard he heard from reliable sources. The Rav of Yerushalayim, Rafi Pesach Frank. He says, base Midrasho, he he ruled and he established the custom in his base Midrash. Hal not to say at all. Why? Again, not because he was an anti-Zionist, but he says, A, because the reason is because of all the Jewish blood that was spilled. Our joy is, is just too badly marred by, by sorrow and all the Jewish blood. And also he says, Vigami Samatz Medina. Also, he felt that the religious shortcomings of the of the modern state were just uh, so grave that uh, that we just can't say howl. So again, for a combination of these reasons, wherever T Baisaf Frank felt he just could not bring himself to say hal. However, he says if you want to say the Mizmar of howl derakriya balma, not in a for- certainly not with a bracha, but not even as a formal howl, just recite recite the talem, the prakhma of Telim full of joy, that you can do to recite a formal halal you shouldn't do, even without a bracha, it sounds like, but to just recite Surkim of Tehillim, he says, in a, in a halal-like way, he says that the, he says he says that you shouldn't do, he says, and he brings the chidah, that, that, that you shouldn't even just recite the Tehillim afterward, not after Shmona Asre, because everything Chazal established is, has Kabbalistic uh, rationales behind it, you shouldn't tamper with the formulas of Chazal, and so on and so forth, and he says that the, he says, well, nice, says, but but things that are al sod you don't have to worry so much about, he says. It's, those are only people who understand sod. Thing, things that are not, uh, that, that are, that, that are not al-pi-alach are just concerns of sod. We don't have to be so concerned about this, he says. Ordinary people like us can do it, he says. He gives other examples of things that Muqabalim tell us to do or not to do, and we don't follow them, that they're only for people who, understand Kabbalah and live their lives accordingly, he says, and therefore he says that the, the bottom line is, he says, you can read the psukim Derek kriya ba'alma, that you don't have to worry about but certainly you should not make a bracha because of all these reasons, because it wasn't a nace that happened to all of Kal Yisrael because it wasn't a nace that was overtly against the laws of nature because it was because it's only de gula at best, it's only uh, the beginning of the, of, of the final salvation, we, we still have a way to go militarily, politically, ethically, spiritually, religiously, because lots of Jews died, because maybe even because non-Jews died, but certainly because lots of Jews died and, and our, our joy is mixed with sorrow. And in general, because of a general sense of conservatism, we don't have the authority to establish uh, new, new days to say howl. So for all these reasons, this is our bad position. It is not appropriate to say howl, certainly not with a bracha, you want to just recite the psukim, you know, reciting the is okay. You don't have to worry about the Kabbalistic uh, issues, he says. But uh, reciting psukim, you can do. But don't recite halal with a bracha, emphatically not, and particularly because bracha is a serious thing. As long as it's not absolutely clear, you should avoid bracha vatala. That is Ravadia's position. Of course, as I said in the beginning, there are many, many different opinions. The Ravadia certainly is neither the first nor the last word on the subject. There, there, there are, as Ravadi himself admits, there were Gedolim who felt that you should recite Hal with the bracha, there were those who felt you shouldn't recite Hal at all, but who were so pained by the, by, by the current religious state of affairs they couldn't recite Hal at all. There are certainly many, many different minhagim, not coming to Pasch and Halacha here, but this is the position of Ravavadiah, this is a, a thoughtful, a nuanced, comprehensive treatment of Ravavadiah, of the question of reciting Hal with the bracha on Yom Ha'atzmut.